Welcome to the Get Inspired with GERD show, brought to you by GERD's Hundle. Join us each week to be inspired, informed and uplifted with some of the most inspirational and motivational guests from around the world. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay inspired. Hello and welcome to Get Inspired with GERDS. I'm your host and today I have a special guest with me who's empowering people to fall in love with their bodies and discover the real you. Hmm. Now this woman, she's amazing at what she does. She's just an absolute inspiration. And I remember when I was just talking to her and we just connected on this deeper level about why it's so important to love yourself. Like nothing is most important than loving you. When you love you, you can love a, another soul and you can love a, love other people. Now, Nazi Katoon, she's helping people to be the best version of themselves through an eight, a 12 week program. She's a personal trainer, a boxer, and she helps her clients to kind of reach their fitness goals to another level, whether it's through motivation, nurturing, training and a bespoke nutritional consultation. And she believes that we all have the ability to live a healthy, energetic and fulfilling life. Nazi, it's an absolute pleasure having you on my show and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Gerd. It's a pleasure to see you at last. I know, finally to meet you in right? person. Yeah. I've had all these conversations, but not actually met you. I'm actually excited because you're a health journalist. Oh. And I love what you're doing as Bless well. You. I love what you're doing as well, because like, you're inspiring lots of people. I've seen you on like, Facebook, on social media, just like empowering people to like self-love themselves, but yeah. also just get more fit and active. So... Kind of, can you tell the listeners what your life was like before you became a personal trainer? Absolutely. Okay, before I started as a body transformation coach, um, I was your average 95 worker. Mm. I was actually a PA, can you believe it? You were a PA? Yes. No way. <laughs> yes, you didn't know that, right? No. <laughs> I worked for Nokia and Accenture, mm. right? Not that I can say I was the greatest of PAs, so, you know, bosses, sorry out there. And um, what was I doing in that time? I was also boxing. So sports has been always in my life, only because from my childhood trauma of being mm. chubby, we can't use FAT because, you know, it apparently becomes impolitically correct. So chubby is a word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh. And um, yeah, the journey, I think in 2010, I decided enough was enough. I was always very unhappy, crazy enough. I had money coming in. Mm. I had stable money coming in. Mm. You know, and the environment was amazing while I was working, the office, everything. Like Accenture and Accenture Nokia, they treat the employees so well, but it just wasn't for me. You know, when you have this thing, a vision when you're young mm. and you don't listen to that voice because your parents want you to be something that you're not because they know better for you. And it's almost like you're trying to please other people around you. Mm. And then you're trying to keep up with your friends. Yes, I have a stable job. I have a good job, I'm a PA, I work for Nokia, I'm a doctor, I'm an accountant. It was one of those things. But the bottom line was, I was just unhappy. I was unhappy. Mm -hmm. All I wanted to do was train, go to the gym, go boxing, repeat. Do the same thing again. Mm -hmm. There was no focus at work whatsoever. So what was like the turning point for you? Um, the turning point was in 2010. And I think it was just having this moment. I went through a little crisis at this time. And I was just questioning everything in my life. Who am I? What am I doing? Where am I going? Um, you know, the whole aspect of feeling pressured of getting married, all of that. Being Asian. Yeah, <laughs> I know how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> like it after 25, it's like you're sold by it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. Oh gosh. God help me. So it was one of those points where I was just like, um, crisis point, not a melting point, just questioning a lot. And I was finding no answers. And I thought, okay, I need to just, just do something. 
let me just take a risk. Let me just see what happens on the other side mm-hmm. <laughs> of the grass. So um, it was just then I just did a intensive six weeks or was it 12 weeks personal training course. Oh. And the journey started from there. It's been a long journey. Wow. And so what did you do? Just leave your job or was it like, did you? Yes. So let me go back a step. I went to Thailand to travel for a bit and I wanted to teach English in a school in Southern Thailand. And I only did that because I wanted to become independent. I wanted to see how courageous I was and I wanted to take a risk. I thought, ah, you know, I love traveling. Let's just do it by myself Mm. and coming out of my comfort zone. Went there, came back. Within like a month or so, I said to the work people, I need more holidays. I went to Dubai. And I think it was in Dubai, yeah. How did you get so much work, time of work? What? (laughs) Lord knows. And um, I went to Dubai and I thought, that's it. I just know when I come back, I need to just resign. And it was one of the toughest things I did because I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell them what I was doing. And I just did it. And I just said, yeah, I'm still working until I finish my personal training academy course. I know. So where would you go during the day then? Like, no, I was doing the six weeks course, wasn't I? Oh, wow. At that time. So, and then I don't think my dad was very happy, but hey. Mm. <laughs> and then kind of what happened after that? You, you just found like a gym that you could start working? Yeah, in, I mean, it? I really threw myself in the deep end. I think bearing in mind at that age, I was about 27, 28. Mm. I've not been equipped of how to survive in the big world. I don't know anything about business. I just know I love sports and the bigger thing out there for me was become a personal trainer I saw being personal training was the best job out there and again I went in with very naive eyes and not researching that much and I went and started working in a gym called fitness first and it was like wow you have to pay this much of rent and then yes you have to pay rent like a thousand pound a month and then on top of that you got to make sure you get the clients to cover that and make some profit if that makes sense. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it's a tough life out there for personal trainers. Yeah, I thought, personally, I thought that it was like a nine to five job. You get paid no. and then you get commission for how many other clients you get. It depends what gym you're based in. Like Virgin Gym has that kind of set up. And then you have other gyms that you do like 15 hours of work and then you work there. You don't have to pay that much. But that's the only gym I worked in. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why now. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even last that long. Mm. When I was working there, I felt like I was, again, a number, mm. an X, rushing to work. And you know what the funny thing was? I would never wake up to go to a 95 job at 9 o'clock. I'll always be late. But when I started my personal training job, I'd be up at the crack of dawn at 4 o'clock to be at work for 5 o'clock because that one hour is my bread and butter now. Mm. I was like, wow, I'm still a slave to the system. Mm. What is this, <laughs> right? Mm. And I was, again, miserable. I think in that year, I actually totally wore myself out. I was worn out, tired, constantly fatigued. When it was summer outside, I'd be sleeping over the weekend. Wow. So I was missing out a lot. I was irritated. I was moody, everything. And then again, I had to make a decision to say, okay, I'm going to leave this job. Mm. I don't even know if it was a job, actually, because I was meant to be called self-employed. <laughs> That was not self-employment. That was self-enslavement. <laughs> that is true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then when I came out of it, now I have to really think because the journey has been very painful for me in terms of the things I had to overcome mm. to where I am now. When I left in 2012, I believe, by the time... I've got nothing now. I'm not employed. I've got no income coming in. Mm-hmm. 
I don't want to sign on. My ego's too big. I'm troubled. I stopped boxing by this time as well. And I'm, I'm under my parents' roof. So there's a lot of things. Pressure. Man, I was like, I can't. My head would have exploded at one point if I didn't have sports. Mm. <laughs> That's the only thing that kept me going, exercise. Mm. And um, in 2013, I had my worst ever depression. So I took a slip. But I could feel it come up. Mm. Because now it's a different lifestyle for me. Mm. Because I've not done anything but be at work since mm. the age of 16. And all of a sudden, I'm like, where am I? Where am I going? Mm. So fast forward to 2014, I got myself out of depression by going through a lot of crying, <laughs> staying in bed and all that kind of stuff. But then, you know, you just have to snap out of it. Mm. And I think, you know what the crazy thing is, girl? I'm going to tell you this and you're going to laugh. I never used to be a Facebook user. Really? Yeah. I only came on Facebook in 2012. Wow. Yeah, because I was always retaliating against the system, not be a part of another <laughs> mass and everything. You know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not lying to you. I'm being serious, mm-hmm. dead serious. And while everybody else was on Facebook, I was like, oh my God, they've got you, they've got you. Nope, I'm not on Facebook. Where are you going to post? I was so snobbish. But in 2012, I had to set a profile up because of the PT. Oh. But I didn't know how to engage or whatever. Wow. So when I was going through my depression, I remember putting things up and used to relate with other people. Then I used to get mm. private inbox messages saying, hey, Nazi, I really liked your post. Can you help me? And it's wow. crazy because I ended up helping people, which made me feel better about my life. It was like, yes, there's somebody else out there who's worse than me. <laughs> but, it, you know, I yeah. know it sounds really horrible, mm. but actually we forget that our life isn't as bad. Yeah as we make it out mm. to be. And I created this big thing of, I'm never gonna f- um, succeed. Mm. I wanna do this, but I can't get to I'm just a PT, I'm the same as everyone. What was unique about me? I couldn't find that uniqueness about mm. me. Yet everybody else could see it, and I couldn't. And I think when you're in that mood where you're feeling negative and not very happy, you don't see anything nice about you. Mm. And when you do the sabotage cycle of hating myself, I hated everything about me. Like from my looks to inside to what I was doing, everything, everything, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like a self. How do I say self destruction is a great word. Yeah, I can relate with that though, because yeah. like that was most of my life. Because I'd always been skinny, like I was a size zero, like growing yeah. up. But it didn't matter how much I was eating, I yeah. couldn't put on the weight. Yeah. And like people used to take the mick out of my weight, and then I always felt like I wasn't like I fitted in well, and I didn't love myself, and I didn't feel like I was beautiful. And it was when like suddenly I put on the curves, and then I started yeah. to go out and like interview people when I was like 19 years old. This energy and this passion yeah. just came out of nowhere. But isn't it crazy you said that? You're size eight, yet we have magazine covers who actually have these more or less anorexic Caucasian females, and we want to look like them. It's just, it's obscene because yeah. some people, yes, they are naturally designed that way, yeah. like their bodies, like mine was like that, but it doesn't mean in your adulthood it should be that way. Yeah. It, we're just creating this materialistic look in how things need to be seen. Like we're not, we're too busy looking at things as perfect, but yeah. we're not seeing it as imperfection. We're all yeah. imperfection. We're all a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. But we're too busy looking at these idolized that look perfect, but yeah. we don't know what's happening to them behind the scenes. Exactly. What kind of sacrifices yeah. they're having to make yeah. just to pretend that they're perfect? Because nobody will ever be yeah. perfect. Exactly. I think there's a. It's from a cartoon. Um, When we strive for perfectionism, there is no room for creation. Mm. What do you do at the end of being perfect? Nothing. Mm. And I think that was one of the things I was trying to be. Like, I went through eating disorders growing up. Mm. Um, It was bulimia, then anorexia, then binge eating. And what I wanted to do, I was always... It was like almost taking a chip. 
and trying to yeah. put a, you know, one of those sculpts, trying to make that perfect. Yeah. Get that six pack, get that toned arms, be the perfect girl, make sure your hair's nice, make sure, you know, everything had to be perfect at that time. Mm. And it became a disease for me, a total mm. disease. And I think one of the things I did struggle with was not getting any help. We don't know what help is. True. Like, but I guess when you're in that time, because like suffering with an eating disorder myself, I went through the bulimia, sorry, the bulimia side as well, and also the anorexic side, is that when you're in that situation, there's nobody around you that's going through something similar and like back in the day yeah. the internet was there but there wasn't that much information yeah. it was only till like 2012 where yeah. there was more information coming out so it was a bit of a battle if you know what yeah. I mean like yeah, yeah. to actually but treat I, it but isn't it I, I felt I was in denial mm. a lot of the time as well excessive exercise now I thought I was doing great because the government <laughs> said you have to exercise and so I went and overdid it for three hours every day oh God. <laughs> you just took me back to a memory actually when I was God, when I was 21 years old and I'd put on some weight, I'd gone to like a size 10, I was like, oh, I need to fit into my size 8 jeans or size 6 jeans um, at the time. And I was eat, I was like running up and down, like yeah. around the park. My parents thought I was going crazy. And I was having salad for lunch, like a piece of salad. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was normal. Well, that's mad though, isn't it? <laughs> when, where did you learn that from? Probably TV. Yeah, exactly. Salad is seen as healthy. Yes, it is healthy, but in what quantity are we having it? Yeah, you need the balance <laughs> of like protein and everything. But you know what's mad? When I became a personal trainer at the time, I was so angry because there was people teaching me things mm. which I didn't believe. Was I was thinking, no, that's not right. When somebody told me stop running, I'm like, why? Mm. Why? I was addicted to running, but it was causing me a lot of injuries and a lot of stress. Which was not allowing me to lose that weight that I needed to lose at the time, right? Mm. And when he explained it to me, I was like, no, you're lying, you're lying. Every day we used to argue, he goes, no, I said, stop running so much, you're lying. <laughs> but what do females do? Excessive cardio. That is true. Right? To release the tension. Yeah. Which is good in small doses, but every single day for like two hours? No. <laughs> yeah, there's one thing I don't understand is this whole kind of... We need to have protein on this day. You need to have yeah. protein on that day. Surely everybody's body is designed differently. Like yeah, we... my body's designed to eat cakes and chocolate. <laughs> it loves <laughs> it. <laughs> Love it. So, my dear, now, you know, you went on the whole journey. Yeah. You did the transformation. You decided to go on the career. Well, not even a career. It's like mm. your dream yeah. to be a personal trainer. So, how are you now helping people as a personal trainer? So I'm now a body transformation coach. Mm. Um, I had the pitfall of going through my depression. I knew I needed help. So I wanted people to help me with my business side of things and help me grow. And the fitness industry is flawed itself. Okay? Yeah, I agree. Hugely flawed. And I did this a mentorship course with Lazar Freeman, one of the one of the amazing, amazing trainers out there. And he just took us on a journey where you can become a personal trainer. Yes, mm. it's great. But a body transformation coach is more than what we have as a personal trainer. Because as a personal trainer, we're counseling clients. We're coaching them constantly. True. But the value of a personal trainer and the stigma mm. behind what personal trainers do, or the taboo, may I say, mm. is kind of fixated. I'm not going to go into that too much where I might offend some people. But body transformation coaching is literally taking somebody on a journey. Okay. So... The way I packaged it was, okay, what did I struggle with growing up? Confidence, mm -hmm. self-esteem, eating disorders, um, opinions, other people's opinions. Mm -hmm. um, Self-love was one of the key things, um, Gurdip. And, um, and somehow working with him, I found my niche. Mm -hmm. Working with him, the more he scratched my values and what I was about and what I offer, I was like, whoa, hold on a minute. I actually do more than just what 
a normal personal trainer does mm. and so i just thought okay let me just package myself and i want to talk to my audience that could relate to me mm. that was it doesn't necessarily have to be muslim mm. okay um south indian and arab females and the reason behind that was i found like there was not enough females actually representing sports or enough of us taking care of their health and fitness absolutely i agree with it that it was not a priority and it's just the food that we have it's all heart related diseases diabetes yeah. heart attacks everything so i was like oh. yeah i agree all that ghee and all that sugar and yeah and chai. Exactly. Oh. exactly and in a way i think when i was boxing i was somehow retaliating mm. against this what is expected out of a normal asian bangladeshi female so i wanted to do something that was different Mm. Who wants to be normal? <laughs> Boring. <laughs> right? Being a sheep, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now, um, when I work with the clients, it's crazy because when I change the mindset, mm. and that's one of the key things that I work with females, mm. is rewiring the thought patterns and patterns and attitude towards themselves, mm. attitude towards people around them, how we're looking at energy, how we're looking at things mm. to activate their productivity, how's the relationship as a mother, husband, wife, children, everything. Wow. It just changes. Yeah. The layers, you're kind of yeah. cutting out the layers and reshaping it into yeah. the way they want to be and yeah. feel. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, because for me, what did exercise do for me? And what did sports bring to my life? when I was depressed it helped me out of it a little bit because it's releasing those happy chemicals for that short burst of time it's like a healing almost I call it my saviour <laughs> that's the only thing that's been constant with me like my training you know and I'm thankful for God like even though I've gone through so many injuries I'm still able to train I'm still able to do something because that's a goal that I have if I don't feel good in my body I don't feel good in my mindset if I don't feel good in this the only vessel that's going to carry me from the time I was born till the day I die what is it? Mm. What am I going to be doing? What am I striving for? What am I achieving? Now, there's a beautiful quote by Dalai Lama, and he was asked the question, um, what surprises you about the human race? It's not exactly the same quote, and he turned around and he said, man, asked why? Because man spends all his wealth on all his time trying to accumulate wealth that he forgets his health, and then his health mm. takes a battery, and then he spends all his wealth on his health. And then he doesn't live in the here or the now. Mm. Yeah, and it, it's, I agree with that. Because it's, we've got to trust the process yeah. and be present, but we're not taught to be present. We're taught to always look ahead. Yeah. And then we never let the past go. So we're always backlogging, but we're never fully in the present moment. I totally agree with that. You're right. Mm. And to teach people how to be in the present moment mm. with our head ticking, mm. it's like, whoa. But it's like mind baffling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So what kind of, responses have you received with the kind of the transformation that you the program that you have okay let's look at some of the i don't know if it's facts or issues let's say issues mm-hmm. <laughs> issues of divorce if it's issues of depression um being single mm. domestic violence let's take another one of those um, oh wow yeah what, thought about. because i work with females i'm just gonna focus on females when females come to me um at the consultation mm. my main job is to find out who they are my main mm. job is to find out the things that they're not telling me because I want to find out their habits. Mm. What's going on in the lifestyle that's preventing them to get the body that they love. Mm. The end goal that I get is most of us have a lack of self-worth and we do not have enough self-love. Yeah. I can speak for my own self. When I didn't have none of that self-love and self-worth, I was mm. just passing by life, mm. you know, just for day to day, just surviving. Mm. 
So that was the end conclusion. So to rewire them and to fall, get them to fall in love with themselves, you had to clear out the other issues, the depression, the divorce and everything. It's empowering them, right? And I get really, really excited when I talk about this because when you have a fitness as a tool, and you can empower a human being with that because if you give up in the gym with your rep, it's like you're almost giving up on other areas of your life. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Yeah. If you build yourself up in the gym, gosh, you're going to keep going. You're going to keep going. It's like, I can, what? I just did 100 kg of squats and you're telling me I can't do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I look at yeah. it. So you step into your um, higher self and the cliche saying of your better self, um, the best version of yourself as well. Yeah. And yeah. Do you know, I relate with that because I spent 13 years of my life, a lot of you guys don't know this, um, I was training to be a gymnast. And so wow. I used to do competitions. Yeah, so I used to do gymnastics. Every weekend that was like my thing. And like, obviously it's teaching you how far you can stretch your body, how mm. far you can jump off a beam, how far you can jump off the bars. And That's amazing. It, it was very empowering. And it taught me a lot about myself. And I guess that's maybe where the self-belief comes from for myself personally, mm. because I had that training. Yeah. And it was like my dad, bless him, like he taught me, my brother, like to do something yeah. that was fitness related. So my brother did Good. karate, but then I did gymnastics. Yeah. But then I would teach him stuff and he would teach yeah. me stuff. So I incorporate it. And I do think that having some form of fitness program or something to keep you active will kind of release those toxins. Uh, endorphins? Endorphins, that's yeah. it. <laughs> I forgot the word, but yeah, yeah, it releases it. And that makes you, it's like the happy, happy chemical, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. That makes you happy and it yeah. makes you feel free. Yeah. I mean, this way I see it, right? If you can't control your mind and your body, what else can you control? Mm. This is you. Mm. You're not, it doesn't matter how much you're trying to control your missus or your children and everything. It's not going to happen. If you don't have a shift in your body, and let me just go back a point here. When I stopped boxing for five years, it was all because I was sick and tired of trying to meet other people's expectations, whether it was in a relationship, whether it was being accepted by my culture, whether it was being accepted by the people. It was like crazy. And I stopped for four years. One four thing, years? Yeah, for, for, maybe a bit longer. Wow. I had my last fight in 2009. Wow. And I probably went back to it. Gosh, I can't remember, probably just last year. So it was a long gap I had. It's a long gap. Yeah. yeah. And when I didn't have boxing in my life, even though I had the gym, gym workouts, after a while, it was just so boring. I didn't even know how to train in the gym. Crazy, right? <laughs> mm. I realized when I went through my depression, I didn't know how to fix myself because when I was in the ring, when I was training, I felt euphoric. Like I had a mouth on me that used to run like the wind. Nobody could talk to me and get away with a straightforward <laughs> answer, right? I was so gobby. And um, but it was good for my confidence. Mm. See what I'm saying? So when I stopped and I went through that whole turmoil and things happened in between that as well. Mm. I didn't have no control, man. Like mm. I felt like my I was letting my life slip. But as soon as I got back into a full focus and a flow is that this is the thing that keeps me going every time, every day. And if I don't have it, it's like, you need to breathe to survive. You need to eat to move, right? Mm. That's how fitness is for me. Wow. If somebody took away, I still get scared. I go, what if I get married to an aging guy and he says I can't train, I'm going to (laughs) die. So when my father says that he goes on about marriage and stuff. <laughs> so any Asian guys out there, you know. <laughs> who trains. Yes. Just legs and upper body. Send us an email and I'll contact us. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Relationship laugh. advice going on. <laughs> Don't laugh. Bless. That was my fear. <laughs> wow. Wow. I can relate with that though. Yeah. In, in so many ways. it's. I think it's primarily to do with 
being a strong independent woman mm. i think being a woman itself and being strong and independent can actually scare people you know i struggled with those two words for a long time as well being strong what did it mean to be strong in my body but in my mind i wasn't strong what did it mean to be independent yeah i was independent but i was still very relying on my parents Mm. in that respect so what did independent mean to me because i could carry myself like a hero and a warrior because i was a boxer <laughs> i had to really come back and um i think the depression helped me as well in hindsight mm. it allowed me to find myself of who i was the real me yeah it took away the clutter the ego it took away my ego mm. and it stripped me away of this shell that i was protecting all the time and the vulnerability and the emotions that I had been suppressing for years and years and years wow. and when i went through it it was like okay this is who i'm actually living with mm. it was like whoa i'm living with me <laughs> i can cry <laughs> i suppose it so it sorry it first it brought you to like the true self yeah it brought you to yourself who you truly are once we get rid of all those layers and all the conditioning that we've had such a young age yeah. that it brought you to Kind of like a child. Yeah. Come back to that child, unique, yeah. authentic self where you just love yeah. and you embrace yourself. And you're kind of almost reminding people of who they were before and you're bringing them back. And it yeah, doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense. Authentic, um, being authentic is something a lot of us struggle with. Oh, God, a yes. lot of us. Mm. So um, I'm happy with the person I'm becoming and then there's so much more changes to come. Mm. In the way I serve myself and the people I serve. Mm. Because if I didn't... If I wasn't the person who I am now and I was the person who was back then, there is no way I'll be able to change lives. Mm. So everything happens in hindsight. For good True. Thing. And guys, you've got to remember that, you know when people say they can't change, think about where you were last year, five years ago, where you were 10 years ago, we're always changing no matter what. And you've got to remember that if you want that change within your fitness side or your mindset, there's always a way. Like Nazi is a prime example yeah. that... You can, get, you can get to that low point, but you can find out what makes you happy and what energises you and makes you want to live life again, I guess. Exactly. On point, girls. Mm. On point. Damn. <laughs> so I get along with people who actually do enjoy fitness and don't see it as a chore. Mm. Because you have a different... Yeah. Oh, yes. Let me just say. People who train... I'm not just talking about you go to the gym and you look at the mirrors and you show your biceps and your six-pack off. I'm like talking about training, training. Those people have a different mindset yeah they have a different way of looking at things they have a different way of analyzing things and interpreting things okay mm. you're not the average person right mm. you're like on a next level on a next level but suppose that's not even their mindset it's their trainer's mindset that they're being fed so they don't even know who they are almost it depends isn't it it's like that fine balance you get coached, fantastic. But you, everybody influences everyone, doesn't True. it? Like the top businessmen, if you ask like Richard Branson, I remember he was saying something like, what's the first thing that you do when you wake up? He trains. The first hour he'll train, meditate, mm. whatever he has to do, because it sets him up for the day, mm. right? Look at who he is and what he's become. Amazing. The foundation is looking after the body, right? Mm. He has a different mindset from the average person. Right? Otherwise, he would not have succeeded in getting all X, Y, and Z and becoming the top, top of the top, right? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, can you tell us a little bit about the 12-week program? Yeah, so the 12-week is not exactly fixated to 12 weeks. It comes in six weeks, oh, okay. eight weeks, and 12 weeks. Hmm. I only say 12 weeks because it's just easier to get out there. I mean, it all depends on people's goals okay. and what they want to come in for. And what it is, you start, 
you come in for a consultation, we go through all your, like I said before, um, mm-hmm. habits, patterns, what can we address? It's like a one-to-one workshop, basically, when I first meet. I want to know about this person. Mm-hmm. I want to know what motivates them, what accelerates them, what makes them sad, why then why they're not eating healthy, why are they eating chocolates, what's making them do that, lifestyle mm-hmm. stuff. And then we go on a journey, basically, to rediscover and getting them to live in the body that they were designed to live in the first place. Mm-hmm. People change. And let me give you a classic example of one of my clients called Sabrina. Um, I'm not going to give facts about her, but she was a young lady who had put on so much weight, but there was so much issues going on in her life at the same time as a mother. And when she finished, she goes, Nadia, thank you for allowing me to step into a new world that I didn't even know existed. I'm like, wow. And those are the things. The weight loss (laughs) is just a byproduct. Who they become in the journey being confident, looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, I love myself, mm. accepting their bodies. Accepting mm. their body is, is so crucial because we are so critical about our physiques, about our hair, mm. about our face, about everything. Mm. Oh my God, if we just replace that with the nice words, we'll love ourselves to a max. Not in a vain mm. way, but in a humble way. So when she said that, I was like, whoa, that is, this is why I'm doing what I do to change people's lives. My mission is to change one body at a time. My other mission is for people to fall in love with their bodies, man mm. and woman. Okay, imagine if we did, oh God, imagine if everybody fell in love with their bodies. The oh fitness industry will be bust. The pharmaceutical business will be bust. <laughs> Everything would be literally be bust. Makeup industry bust. Except for food. <laughs> Except for food. Because <laughs> we need food. <laughs> I was literally telling my client this morning, I go, this is the longest time mm. I've gone without actually fixing my eyebrows. <laughs> I go, something shifted. And she goes, maybe you love yourself more. I go, no, I'm accepting myself whether I'm looking good or not. I'm okay now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's true because we're told yeah. how to think and how to behave and how we need to look perfect yeah. all the time. I'm not perfect. When people think, mm. oh, do you have a six pack? I'm not, no. Those days are long gone. <laughs> right? Those days I've got lumps and I've got a little small belly pooch, but hey. <laughs> Because we have this a vision of personal trainers being super ripped and fit. Yeah. It helps. <laughs> but I don't understand the guys that like have big muscles. That's like unhealthy. Your body looks out of proportion. It just yeah. doesn't look natural. Yeah, that's a disease in itself. It's got to be natural. <laughs> but some of them look nice. <laughs> Sounds like you fancy some of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not mentioning any names. I'm just thinking like, yeah, it's, the more natural you are, the more in tune you are the more yeah. you're going to love yourself the more you're going to embrace that natural look whether it's just materialistic yeah. everything about yourself isn't it the word obsession comes into my head as you say that yeah we can take it too far or we can have a nice life is a it's meant to be fun mm. it's meant to be a journey and i think most of us forget that as well too busy listening to yeah. others and not listening from yeah. within and connecting to that higher source or exactly are like kind of like i got yeah and I always, this is what I tell my clients, like when you bring the element of fitness into your life, you will see how you make more rationalized mm. um, choices in your life, decisions, how to deal with hard, difficult people. When you have things, like let's just take mm. somebody who's going through depression or oh God, divorce. Yeah. If you were to have the element, the one concrete thing, your body intact, your depression wouldn't be as hardcore. Your divorce wouldn't be as hardcore because you know how to... Um, make logical decisions, decisions maybe. I'm not saying it's all hunky-dory because when somebody's going through the process, it's mm. like they cannot express how... It's like a hole, right? Mm. But there is a way to help yourself. And one of the key things is to admit you need help. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's the only time you can change. Exactly. And when enough is enough. <laughs> yeah, because like, no matter how much we listen to our gut, we still need that support when we're at that lowest point because yeah. we don't know who we are, we've forgotten who we are, and we just need somebody there to remind us who've, who we were or who we're becoming. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I look at some people, even my close friends, I go, I love you to bits, but I also feel sorry for you at the same time because, yeah, you've got X, Y, and Z, but there's something missing in your life. Mm. And I'm not being like I'm not in a horrible way, mm. but I just like wishing them to be able to find themselves. Yeah, in a loving way. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. understand. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's no difference around here. <laughs> That's like out there. So, <laughs> um, so we are coming towards the end of the show. Yes. That's gone so quick. How I was know that? it's over half an hour already. You could talk. So can you. Says <laughs> <laughs> hey. so the one that's doing the most talking. I know, right? I was being sarcastic. Joking. I know. <laughs> Joking. Um, what are your five top tips for somebody who's kind of trying to become more healthy, but they don't know how to do it? Okay. See, the thing is, everybody does this in the same generic way. Makes mm. goals and goes out, kills themselves, comes back, feels <laughs> frustrated. This is the generic way we do it. Mm. I've done it most mm. of my life. Now, when I work with myself, like I'm doing a triathlon um, wow. in two weeks' time. My goal, and I, only, I entered like a month ago. So I literally had six to seven weeks to train. But I know I'm going to do it, mm. right? Because I know my big why. And this mm. is the key thing. My first and my point is why. On Facebook, me and Duke did this video about finding your why and why it's so important. Mm. <laughs> why, why, why? <laughs> Ask a sensible question, you get the answer. When you find out the why... Let me give you an example. Um, my big why for doing this triathlon is raising money for Syrian refugees. Okay, so every time mm. I'm training, I can't give up because my why is bigger than the how am I going to do this? Am I going to survive mm. the pain? Whatever. Mm. When you find out the big why, like for example, girls, you're a journalist. You need your energy all the time, don't you? Mm. To talk to people, to travel, etc., etc. That is mm. a one why, maybe. Mm. So write down your list. Not mm. just, I want to look good, I want to look sexy and everything. Don't look at those superficial things. Go beyond. Like, if you have children, you want to be a good parent, you want to be a good role model, you want to be a good wife, you want to be good in bed. Anything, all right? Yeah, you have. <laughs> fundamentally, <laughs> fundamentally, everybody trains so they can actually make out and pull, okay? <laughs> my, sm- my second one will be um, to take small steps. Mm. Don't go in bullheaded in a china shop as they say did i even say that right but anyhow um small steps so for example uh, let me go back to my triathlon the first week i just focused on training on the running aspect the second week i did cycling third week mm. i did swimming in between that mm. right i weaned off the junk food slowly mm. not the junk junk food but you know the things are sh- like just get into a proper habit of eating set meals mm. good food etc mm. etc but in the past when I've done it, mm. I've gone, yeah, I'm going to train hard, I'm going to eat healthy. Two weeks later, there's no motivation. Yeah. Right? And then you're going through this spiral of going, mm. oh, frustration, why am I not losing weight? I've lost weight. Woo, let's go back to doing bad habits. Mm. So that's a small thing. Um, second one, small steps. Third one, keep a journal. Mm. Right? Keep a journal. This is where you see progression. Humans have this... Um, we like seeing changes and we get frustrated when we don't see changes. I stop weighing myself and my clients for good now. I don't weigh them. I take pictures before and after and I measure them all the time. So some clients will be like, at week one, 
they were like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. By week six, they're like, I don't see any changes, Nazia. I go, all right, fine, you don't see no changes. Let's mm. see your before and after shoot. And they are like gobsmacked. Because you live in your body, you can't see all the changes and you're the one who's going to be critical all the time, right? Mm. So get rid of the um, brain scales, find another source to keep progress. So journal is important. I'm just going to say, I, I agree with you on that because... When I had the eating disorder problem, I used to look at the scales every single week. Now, I haven't looked at those scales since 2010 until two weeks ago. High five. And I was like, oh, is that my way? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> and I was, I was fine with it. <laughs> it was the weirdest feeling yeah. ever. But before, I was so obsessed with it that yep. that became my obsession. That that ended up being my why. Exactly. So, I need to lose weight. Why? Because I need to look at it. Keep, keep checking it. You're not it a out. number, though. This is what yeah. I have to remind myself. I am not a number. My life is not... Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah my, my life isn't fixated around this thing. Mm. And it's so... Um, how do I say it? Misleading. Yeah. Because there's muscle weight and there's fat weight and all that mm. stuff. It's different. Mm. I never used to understand that. When I was very mm. toned and I went away to myself, I was ten and a half stones. I was like, no. I looked amazing in front of the mirror. Like, <laughs> I was amazing. Like, hot mm. toned and everything. Mm. Went and sabotaged my whole diet plan. Shit. I was to go down 10 stones and I was looking chubby. I was like, what? <laughs> Lack of knowledge, I'm telling you. Mm. It's key. The fourth one is breakfast. Anybody who skips breakfast. Yeah. You skip breakfast? No, no, no. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I love my breakfast. Sorry, I can't function in the morning. <laughs> I can go on a, like, this is... It in itself is a workshop um, explaining what happens to your body first thing in the morning when you miss breakfast and you eat the wrong things. Mm. Um, the breakfast is you either accelerate your day, you're kings and queens. Why aren't you eating like kings and queens first thing in the morning? That's my little <laughs> preach <True. laughs> of the day. But statistics have found people who avoid breakfast first thing in the morning they put on weight, don't they? more likely to put on weight yeah. and if you look at the science behind that it makes sense mm. but we haven't got time to cover science right now and the fifth one is find a coach okay um my, i have coaches in business i have my boxing coach especially my rehab coach he's there okay and when it comes to my own development and stuff we i have i probably have about four different coaches in different areas mm. some of my friends are still my coaches as well um one of the big mistakes I did was not actually investing in myself. Hmm. I thought I knew everything, but I didn't. That's mm. why I incurred injuries after injuries. And I couldn't get, lose the weight I wanted, mm. right? So finding a coach who actually knows your body very well, one of the best ways I... The, one of the reasons why I work with females only, mm. I'm a woman, I know my body, I know how the female body works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When we go through the menstrual cycles, what to do and what not to do, what to eat and what not to eat. Right. Mm. The squats, the physical body, how it's operating in that mm. person. Mm. So it's relation. Okay. Finding a coach would help you make your life so much easier. Mm. Okay. Because they will know they will tailor a program for you, and what you can eat for your own body type. And I go back to the own body type because a lot of us fail because we're training like everybody else. Magazine diets and workouts, if they really worked, girls, wouldn't we all be work, walking around like we're some amazing hot models? There would be like one magical diet and that's every, that's what we'd be using. But because they don't work, that's why we have thousands of other, or millions actually, probably out there. Exactly. That we think, oh, well, if that one doesn't work, I'll try that one, then try that one, try that one. But really, it's from within, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, when I first started this journey, I was to be always very scared that people won't pay me enough. Hmm. Right? And it's just one of those self-doubts I had. But now, it's just like, when people see the value in what I do, mm. and how it can change, not just the weight loss, but mm. the whole life as a thing you, 
in a big scope. It's crazy. I've got people queuing up to come on this program. Wow. Right? And I only take on about four to five people per six weeks. I take a love break. It. Yeah. But it's I love it because it's so rewarding for me because mm. if I can change one person's life, then I've done my job, really. Mm. But then I have loads of people who inspire me as well, girls, mm. to be able to make the change and mm. become that change as well. And I have loads of role models. Everyday people are role models. When I have a client that comes to me, and she's at her lowest. When she becomes that person that she wants to be, wow. it's like, whoa, you can go through this? <laughs> Who am I dealing with my life? So it flips. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, ah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So just to summarize my five tips, find out your big why, take small steps, keep a journal, make sure you eat breakfast, and find a coach, a.k.a. Nazi Katine. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Did I hear that? Yes. <laughs> Bless you. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having the show. Where can my listeners find you? You can find me on Facebook mostly. My website is down at the moment. Okay. Um, Anazia Katoon, let me spell it for you. N-A-Z-I-A, first name. K-H-A-T-U-N. And my cover picture is a magazine article. And um, I'm in blue because my favorite color is blue. <laughs> <laughs> and Instagram, Fitness Reborn UK one so is it reborn as in R-E-B-O-R-N-E? Yes. No, no, no. R-E-B-O-R-N-U-K-1. Okay. There you go, guys. <laughs> and um, say if somebody wants to email you about the 12-week program or the 8-week program. Oh, yes, of course. Important details. <laughs> Info at fitnessreborn.com. Perfect. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and just keep doing what you're doing because it's very inspirational. I've seen kind of... Only for like the last few months, I've seen like what you do, and it's just really inspiring to see Thank how you. many changes that you're making in other people's lives and the, the changes that they're having and the shift. So, there's more to come. This is just oh, the start. Love it. <laughs> you're gonna be on my journey as well. Definitely. Of course. <laughs> Thank you so much, girls, for That's having okay. me. And if there's any questions I can answer, please feel free to email me or inbox me, whichever way you can, because it's called Fitness Reborn for a reason. I want to make you feel reborn again because I truly mm. believe we become reborn twice mentally and spiritually. And no, sorry, that's in one go. Mentally and physically, we're reborn twice. Mm. Said better. Perfect. <laughs> well, you take it, my lovely, and we'll have you definitely back on the show soon. Thank you. Bye. Wow, what an amazing interview with Nazia. I just love you, my dear. You're just a beautiful soul, and just keep doing what you're doing because. You're changing so many lives, and to me, that is the most beautiful thing that anyone can possibly do. Now, unfortunately, it's end of the show. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at IamGerds, that's A-I-A-M-G-U-R-D-S. And you can find me on Facebook, where it's Get Inspired with Gerds, where I bring you lots of inspirational, motivational quotes, tips and advice, and some videos about life. And also, you can check out my website, where I help you to live a life of passion and purpose and be the best you. It's www.getinspiredwithgerds.com. Now, this week, I want to leave you with this quote fitness is not about being someone else it's about being better than you used to be and guys you deserve it so just go out there whether it's through nausea or it's for another trainer just embrace your body and love yourself for who you are take care guys and i'll speak to you soon bye Join us each week to be inspired, informed and uplifted with some of the most inspirational and motivational guests from around the world. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay inspired.